For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Amen. Open your Bible with me to 1 John, 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 6 is where we begin today as we're going through 1 John. 1 John 5, 6 says, This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that bear witness because the Spirit is truth. Could this verse be talking about the water and blood refers to that flowed from our Savior's side as, as it was pierced by that soldier's spear, like it says in John nineteen thirty four. But one of the soldiers with the spear pierced his side and forthwith came there out blood and water most certainly did and water has what a water has a cleansing effect but i believe john here is using water as an emblem of jesus you see water cleanses water purifies ephesians 5:26 tells us that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word by what word by the word of god you see, water, anytime you have a problem, anytime you're cleaning up anything, you get water involved. Because water will wash away what is bad. Water purifies. Water cleanses. And here it's talking about the Word of God. It will cleanse you as you read it and apply it, understand it, meditate on it. Amen that will start to cleanse you and clean up your life. It's called sanctification. And it says that it might sanctify and cleanse it. And how does it do that? With the washing of the water by the word. By the word of God, it is so powerful that it can purify and cleanse a person's life, their thought life, their inward most being. Because the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Or so is she. And so how do you purify the inside of yourself? By reading the Bible. That it might sanctify and cleanse you by the washing of the water. By the word. And here I believe the blood is used as a symbol of his atoning death. Isaiah 53, 5 tells us. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed you see without the precious shedding of the blood 
There is no salvation. There is no cleansing of sins. There is no forgiveness. No, the Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions. In other words, he was wounded because of our sins. He was bruised for our iniquities because of our wickedness, because of our sins. The chastisement of a peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed because he was beaten, because he shed his precious innocent blood is the reason that me and you can be saved. You see, by through his hurt, through his pain, by his stripes, we're healed. We're covered in the blood. You see, God required a, a sacrifice, and Jesus is that spotless, sinless, perfect Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Amen. And 1 Peter 2, 24 tells us, Who his own self bear our sin in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye are healed. He took our sin upon his body, that we, that we, me and you, a sorry no good sinner like myself, and like you, because if you're honest, and you take a good look at yourself in the mirror, you know, you know, just like the Apostle Paul said, there's no good thing dwelleth in me. The only good thing that I have is what the Lord Jesus Christ has put there. And it says, should live unto righteousness. We can live a righteous life. We can be righteous before God. Why? Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And so when it talks about the blood, and the water. I believe it's talking about the cleansing the Lord Jesus Christ, the word gives you. And it talks about the blood. That's how you're saved, is through the blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins, the Bible says. And you know, it seems that our, the human heart is constantly, people in the world are constantly trying to get rid of that doctrine and just be justified by, I'm a good person. That's like the a world religion. I'm a good person. But let me just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says there is none good, no, not one. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is no good person, according to the Bible. That's not Michael Sattler saying that. That's God's word saying that. And so the world would like to have Lord Jesus just as the, a good man, the good example the one that gave us all these good morals and codes and ethics that we can live by, but they don't want him to be the savior of the world. But that's what he is, ladies and gentlemen. You see, you cannot have Jesus Christ apart from the work that he did on the cross. And John gives us the truth. The Lord Jesus, not only a perfect man, but he's perfectly God. Amen. He is both. And you say, fully explain that. You can't and not the greatest theologian can. Amen. You've got to take it by faith, just like the Bible says. Take it by faith. And I know, and I believe because I know that what he's done in my life, I know that how he has changed me. I know that how he's picked me up out of the muck and the mire and set my feet on solid ground because I got saved, I got born again, and I've seen it done in other people's life. And there is no more better truth than when you see a life changed. Amen. So men say to Christ, they told him on the cross, come down on the cross and we'll believe on you. 
you can't have the Lord Jesus apart from his perfect redemptive work on Calvary. And you know, the Bible says there'll always be somebody seeking a sign. Like Matthew 27, 42, he, he saved others himself. He cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe on him. They were seeking a sign. Show us a sign. But the Bible says that even if a person rose from the dead and testified to them, they would not believe. They've already made it up in their mind. I'm not going to believe. It doesn't matter how much evidence, how much proof that you get have. Amen. And you read that in, in Luke chapter 16, the rich man in Lazarus. And he told them that even if somebody rose from the dead and told them about hell and warned them about hell, that those that choose not to believe, no matter what, they're not going to change their mind. If you won't take it by faith, in other words, you're not going to take it even if a dead man rose from the grave and told you. And some might say, well, I'll just live my life, I'll party, I'll do what I want to do, I'll live the life, I'll live it up, party like a rock star, and before I die, I'll ask the Lord Jesus to come into my heart and save me. But you listen to me, you cannot get saved anytime you want to. No, sir, no, ma'am, it doesn't work like that. So you can't just, you cannot be saved apart from being convicted by the Holy Spirit. And at some point in your life, God's going to come to you and show you that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. And you got to realize that. And he's going to woo you and draw you and knock on your heart. And you say, well, how do I know? I can tell you how you'll know. You feel so uncomfortable, you'll want to take off running. Because something opens you up inside and shows you what you really are before a thrice holy God. And it convicts you. And it shows you. So you can't just get saved anytime you want to. I'm going to live it up and right before I die, I'm going to ask the Lord Jesus to save me. No. Listen to what John chapter 6 and verse 44 says. No man come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the wooing and the drawing of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that's why the altar call is so crucial at a church. When the Holy Spirit is convicted, that is the time to act upon it. Don't wait till you get home. No, you get right with God right then. When you feel God calling you, when you feel God tugging on your heart, don't grip that pew. Let go and let just give it to God. Give it all to him. That's what he wants. And he wants nothing but the best for you. He wants to save your soul from the fires of hell. It's the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth, the Bible says. And the Holy Spirit of God also testifies to the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. To your heart, He bears witness that Christ come to save you. Will you believe it? Will you put your faith and trust in Him? And once you do that, you're born into the family of God. You are then a child of God. And then you can start to live a sanctified life. You can start to read the word like the Bible says. By the washing of the water of the word, you'll start cleaning up your life. You'll start wanting to get in God's word. You'll start wanting to be around God's people. You'll start wanting to listen to good sermons and messages. Amen? Let's look at our next verse. 1 John chapter 5, verse number 7. For there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Verse 8. And there are three that bear witness in earth. The Spirit, 
and the water and the blood. And these three agree in one. And so, although the word of God is sufficient, he gives us more than that to just to believe on. No, he gives us the three, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. John gives us a threefold witness concerning the truth. And we have it. Amen? So, the Spirit of God bears witness to the truth that Jesus Christ is God. How does he do that? He does it in your heart. Even to a saved person, they're born again, they're not going to lose their salvation. But you see when a preacher's preaching, or they hear the truth, or they hear a Bible verse, and you hear somebody say, Amen! Glory to God! That's the Spirit bearing witness to them. Hey, that is true! That is true! That is true! Amen? And by them, they're responding, saying, Amen! I believe that! Absolutely! The witness of the Spirit is found written in the Word of God. And you can trust the Word of God, ladies and gentlemen. See, man-made chains... Philosophy will change. The ideas we have about medicine and medical. The ideas we have about the stars and our own earth will change. But the word of God will never change. Science catches up to the word of God. And they finally figured out what the Bible was saying all along was true. They just couldn't understand it. That's happened in many cases. Amen. And so will you believe it? How much faith do you have in it? Because the Bible says there's three witnesses. Then there's the witness of the water. And that refers to what happened at the baptism of the Lord Jesus. And at that event, God opened the heavens and publicly proclaimed, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. In other words, God the Father added his own witness to God the Spirit concerning the person of Christ. God opened up heaven and said, This is my Son, who I am well pleased. He publicly professed, and every person he called, he called them publicly. You listen to me, there's something to be said for coming forth in the church service and making it public that I am going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. I am giving my life to the Lord. I am going to get right with God. I am going to follow God. Because every person Jesus called in the Bible, he called them publicly he didn't go to somebody at night or in the dark where nobody else was around or in the private no he called them publicly he wanted everyone to see it and he wants you to go publicly with it amen that's what baptism's all about you're, you're showing everyone that i've put my faith and trust in the lord jesus christ that is a public profession of faith is what it is so on the on the cross the lord jesus bore witness concerning himself that he was the son of god no one took his life. No, he laid it down himself. And if, if he were a mere man, he could not have done this. They couldn't have took his life unless he laid it down. Don't you know by one word spoken, he could open up heaven and 10,000 legions of angels would have come down and wiped out every person on the planet with flaming fiery swords? But no, he bore the suffering of the cross for you. Not for the people down the street or the people that used to live. No, for you. See, it is personal. There's a difference between knowing that the Lord Jesus Christ is a Savior and knowing that Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ is my Savior. He's my personal Savior. I have a personal testimony. There's a big difference. There's a lot of people in church that have head knowledge, but it never touches the heart. They've never got it that one foot or two foot from their head down to their heart. 
They know all thing, kind of things about the Bible. They may have grew up in church, but they have never made it personal and not just said he's the Savior, but he's my Savior. I know. I have my own personal testimony with him. I have fellowship with him. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ witnesses that the sin question has been settled once and for all, ladies and gentlemen, till he satisfied God. You see, we're covered in the blood. We're washed in the blood. We don't have to give an account for our sins if you're saved, if you're born again. You do not have to face the penalty of sin, which is a place called hell, because you have put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's a lot going on in hell. And let me just tell you, there's a lot of good people in hell. A lot of people that thought they were good. By earthly standards, they were real good. But by God's standards, their righteousness is as filthy rags, the Bible says. And you say, well, I got further than that person, and I'm better than them, and I'm better than them. Yeah, but you're still going to wind up in hell because the Bible says there's none good, no, not one. You'll never make it. You'll come up short on Judgment Day. Look what we now in verse number 9. 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 9. If we receive the witness of men... The witness of God is greater, for this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. Now John comes in with a telling argument. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater, isn't it? Absolutely. Even today, do you believe men? Do you believe some philosopher or what some scientist says? Or do you believe what the Word of God says? Do you believe what the Bible says? Is it take presidents in your life no matter who says what you believe god's word you say they're gonna call me a bible thumper good go ahead and thump that bible amen because you believe it because that's what god said in everyday life we constantly accept the word of other people and fellow men if we didn't it'd be a, it'd be a hard world wouldn't it the business world would stand still social life would be just about impossible Day to day, we believe what men and women tell us. How much more, how much more confidence should you put in God's holy word? The Bible says that it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. As a matter of fact, it says heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall endure forever. The Bible is the one thing that will stand the test of time throughout all eternity. It will never change. Amen. And thank God for that. People change. I change. I have a bad day or you get in a bad mood or you have something say something you don't really mean just because you're mad and you fly off the handle. Thank God. God's word does not change. It's consistent. You can believe the same yesterday and today and forever. Why? Because it does not change. It does not waver. Thank God for that. Thank God that we have something at the standard to put our faith and trust in. When the world is going to hell in a handbasket, we know we can go to the Bible and it's the same and it's trustworthy. Amen? You can believe what it tells you. How much more should you believe God's word than you take man's word? Amen? And so sometimes we make a mistake and accept the testimony of a man who's mistaken or there's a lot of deceivers in the world. There's a lot of liars in the world. There's a lot of people that are just out to deceive you today, to take your money, try to lift you up. Oh, they're going to make you feel good the whole time they're ripping you off. And you'll walk away going, boy, that sure sounded good. I sure feel good. They, they didn't say anything to change my life, but I certainly feel good about myself. 
Well, they've done nothing for you. They've not given you any truth. They've given you a lot of fluff, a lot of garbage. That means absolutely nothing. They will not change your life because the Word of God, when the Word of God is listened to and applied to a person's life, it's going to change them. And let me just say, it's not always a good fuzzy feeling. Oh, God, God does want you to be happy, but He wants you to be holy a whole lot more than He wants you to be happy. He's worried about your happiness later when you're in eternity. But here, He wants you to be holy. Amen. He gives you his word. The Bible says that one day he'll wipe away every tear. So does he want you to be happy? Absolutely. But he cares a whole lot more about your holiness. Amen. So now if we do this in everyday life, how much more should we trust God? Amen. Who cannot lie, who cannot fail, who's always going to tell the truth. Amen. Look with me now in the next verse. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 10. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. When a man does accept his testimony concerning his Son, God seals that person with a piece of the Holy Spirit himself. He puts the promise on you, he puts the seal on you, and he puts a piece of the Holy Spirit in you. And it has the same resurrecting power as the Lord Jesus Christ had when he rose from the grave. Amen. But on the other hand, if a man disbelieves God, he makes him a liar. Because he has not believed the testimony that God has given him. Now, it doesn't mean God's a liar. But no, in your mind, just because you choose not to believe him, you're saying God is a liar. Is what you're saying. You say, well, I didn't call God a liar just not believing what he has told you in his word as you're calling God a liar in your mind. People think that they can accept or reject God's testimony concerning Christ. But John would have them know that to reject it is to accuse God of being dishonest, to be, accuse God of being a liar. Can I just say when something's true, it doesn't matter if you believe it or not. It's still true. You may not believe it in your mind. You may believe a doctor is lying to you when he tells you he's got cancer. But listen, when God tells you, you got a problem. You got a problem. Amen. And he also gives you the cure. The cure. Praise God. God only doesn't just tell you you got a problem. He is the cure. He gives you the cure and he wants you to have it freely. Will you accept it? Verse number 11. And this is the record that God hath given to us. Eternal life. And this life is in his son. So this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And that life is nowhere else to be found but in his son. You're not going to get it. You're not going to buy it. You're not going to win it. Amen. It's in his son. What a tremendous truth that God has given us eternal life. And the source of that life is his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse number 12, he that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. That's pretty simple, isn't it? If you've got Jesus, you've got life. Hey, that teaching is unmistakable. You can't take that wrong. You see, eternal life is not found in education or philosophy or science or good works or religion or even going to church. But no, it's found in the, sir and the person, the Lord Jesus Christ. And to have life, you must have the Son of God. You want eternal life? You want to be right with God? 
You don't, you want to escape hell and go to heaven? The Bible says there's but one way. Repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.